0: Now playing, comes a podcast from two brothers.
1: My name is Christian Duran, And I'm Pedro Duran. About the movies that raised them.
0: Wait a minute, Doc, uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine
1: Kind of a DeLorean? From the laugh-out-loud comedies to the explosive 90s action flicks. Welcome to Earth. The heartwarming animated classics to the tear-jerking Oscar bait dramas. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And now, grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the Duran Brothers Movie Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Duran Brothers Movie Podcast. My name is Christian Duran. With me, as always, is...
0: Pedro Duran.
1: We are the Duran Brothers, and we are here to talk about the movies that raised us the home video classics the blockbuster rentals the movie going experiences that shaped and molded our minds and lives how are you
0: i'm okay just hanging out (laughs) (laughs) yes 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 i'm feeling better last uh, last time we recorded i had like a stuffed nose because i guess he's on allergies Mm -hmm. so i'm feeling better on the on the medication
1: on the mend yeah Yeah. i was at I was going through an editing and there was a lot of sniffles. I had to cut out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's all good. It's my cocaine problem. <laughs> That's why you're wearing sunglasses right now. Yeah. <laughs> sunglasses at 10 o'clock in the morning.
0: Yeah. I've been up all night. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, it was funny. Cause I, I saw this video on, on Instagram where it's, I'll send it to you, but it's this lady, she's a fiend and she's like <laughs> knocking on some dude's door. And she's like, tell and you're gonna get the joke now because it's because apparently the dealer's name is mike or mikey she goes tell mikey i need to speak to him call him now mikey mikey (laughs) i'll send it to you (laughs) it just goes on and the guy he's like dude mike's asleep mikey's asleep fucking wake him up he's like don't make a scene she's like fucking making a scene
1: because i fucking need it oh man oh yeah even though you was a crack feed mama, you always was a black queen mama. Yeah. <laughs> As uh, we were just coming on, we were just talking about you watching Elvis movies. I know you're a big fan of Elvis. Mm. And you were talking about Bake and Elvis. How'd you get, how'd you start becoming an Elvis fan?
0: I have to think, I was thinking about that. Like, cause I was, I was this whole week I've been doing uh, like a 1950s kind of playlist on run through And I have to thank, like, Sean – is it Sean Baker, the inventor of Napster?
1: Oh, yeah. Is that who it is? Sean Parker.
0: Sean Parker. Who am I thinking Sean Baker? Sean Parker.
1: Sean Baker is the uh, filmmaker of the Florida Project.
0: Oh, yeah. That's what I'm getting mixed up. Yeah, Sean Parker. Because when Napster came out, it just made it so easy to, like, download music, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, I don't know. There was a time where I was just, like, downloading tracks of everything, everything, everything. And for one reason or another, I first – I I got my hands on Dion and the Belmonts and um, particularly um, um, a record, um, a A teenager in love and the wanderer and run around Sue. I really liked those records. And so I just started like going back and downloading just randomly, just randomly downloading songs and music from 1960s and 1950s and if you start exploring the top music of that decade, I mean, Elvis Presley is going to be there and yeah. And I, I, and obviously you kind of, everyone for the most part, I think uh, knows the big hits, jailhouse rock, hound dog and stuff. But I went back like listening to the first, first records when he was on sun records, like that's all right, mama and um, blue moon of Kentucky. And one thing with me was, I was really interested, and you've seen the Elvis movie with Baz Luhrmann, right? Yeah, Baz Luhrmann movie, and they touch on that in the film. That they play that song, um, "That's All Right," and there's a scene where Tom Hanks as Colonel Parker is like, "Oh, you know," they reveal like that's a that's a white man singing that colored music, as they would say in the film. And for a while, I was like, I don't like, you know, we're detached from it. You know, like we grew up like rock and roll wasn't rock and roll anymore. It was rock. And we like metal and involved to like hair metal and, and even like new metal. So, and what I mean is for me, I was thinking back, it's weird that they just didn't realize this dude was white. And I was like, what is it about the sound of his voice or this, the, the, how the music sounds that they just assumed he was a black man. And then I really think about it. Well, you know, it's not like everyone had a TV. It's like media. It's not like the internet where you could just look yeah. somebody up and see, like, oh, well, let me see what they look like. Yeah. So so it's that. And if you actually do listen to a record like That's All Right Mama, which is originally performed by um, a black artist, what's her name? Uh, big, big boy. Kudup, I believe, is the guy's name. Arthur Big Boy Kudup is the original yeah. artist. So it started off as like a, a record by a black artist. But when you hear Elvis's rendition, and that's the important thing, it's a rendition of that track. He does put like a black affect on his voice in the same mm-hmm. way like Iggy Azalea yeah. might do in her yes. records, you know? So yeah. for instance, and anyone listening should check out it. That's all right. Uh, just you can get anywhere but it's just his 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 rhythm of it that's all right mama that's all right with you that's all right mama moving anywhere you do but well, that's all right like he's putting like a he's singing with like a bit of a black dialect so it's yeah. kind of like oh so people would just assume and then especially with the b-side of that record um blue moon of kentucky He's actually putting rhythm into that. Blue Moon of Kentucky was originally like a country western song, and the original, I think, Carl Carl Perkins, I think, I, I believe, I it's the original singer. But that song, if you listen to the original record, it's Blue Moon of Kentucky. You know, it's really like country western, yeah, mm-hmm. down home. Oh, nah. But then when Elvis does it, he puts rhythm into it, and it's a yeah. it's a slap bass, boom, 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 boom. Blue moon off Kentucky, now keep on shining,
1: mm-hmm. shine
0: on <inaudible> You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. like he's he's like he's putting bounce to it, like like in a yeah. way that in a, we, this is, we, we could talk about this, but like how juvenile when he first came out, yeah. juvenile the, the <laughs> sure rapper, the, uh, yeah, the rapper from uh, New Orleans, he puts bounce into his his first original records. That's he has a, a record out there called Bounce Bounce Yeah bounce juvenile bounce bounce juvenile so yeah so i don't know and then i just started listening to all the other shit that came out during that era buddy holly um uh, um obviously my introduction to chuck berry was johnny b good and 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 when they played in 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 back to the future jerry lee lewis yeah and, and and other stuff so I feel like I've seen most movies about Elvis. I haven't seen the Kurt Russell one. Um, I've seen the Baz Luhrmann one, obviously, which is funny enough. I haven't. It's it's I I really like that movie. I like Baz Luhrmann, but I haven't gone back to it. I watched it here at my house. I watched it in the theaters first time and I started playing it here on streaming. But it is one thing. It's too long. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about it like it does. It takes a while before it gets to Elvis because it's mostly about
1: Parker's story
0: yeah yeah exactly so it's that and i don't don't particularly like um, tom hanks in that role yeah and they do take a lot of it's funny that movie it's interesting because there are things that they added or they uh implemented or put in that was like that's realistic but then they did take a lot of liberties so for instance um one thing in that film you'll notice in that particularly in that first um performance scene where he's wearing the pink outfit at the grand old opera hayride i, I think it was called yeah but Elvis used to wear mascara you know mm. and it's yeah. and they put it in the film austin butler wears mascara and it's inter- and that's also another thing of his like mythology it's like man, this is 1950s you know what i mean like yeah. people you like where where the crew cut um, and that was normal yeah. hair so when he wore his hair people were like that's so weird that he has yeah. long black hair right oh that's already weird and then a dude's wearing a pink suit with, yeah, mascara. with mascara they're like yeah motherfuckers are like that's the gayest thing ever. yeah exactly yeah. people yeah. are like yo what the fuck
1: is why yeah. what are you doing you right. know what i mean yeah, yeah yeah so
0: it's just all that and and, and and i mean he's a great singer i i, th- I really do enjoy his singing he he can really sing well um uh, but those aspects are what made him le- legitimately the first rock star like he was yeah. kind of he he was doing that you know you don't think about <clears throat> i mean david bowie does you know flash forward david Bowie's is wearing yeah. makeup and saying he's a a man from out of space and stuff like that and that's just acceptable or even further in the 90s where marilyn manson is fucking wearing you know, dead eye yeah. contact lenses and white painter and, and stuff yeah. like that. And he's a rock star. So mm. this dude was, uh, was doing it in the 1950s where fucking the Eisenhower <laughs> era, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. motherfuckers were using green books to get around and stuff. Right. Like
1: that, so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty, I, I think he's a fascinating dude. So, but yeah, I've seen most of his, of uh, the films, uh, 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 detailing his life, like I said, without with the exception of that Kurt Russell one, I saw the Baz Luhrmann one. There's the one with Jonathan Rhys, My- Myers. Jonathan Reese My- no, is it not Jonathan yeah, Rhys? that's Myers. him.
1: Is, am I getting? Yeah, Jonathan is it Jonathan Rhys Myers? Is yeah, he's the guy yeah. from Match Point, right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the that's the that was a TV movie that came yes, out in the '90s, I and that. I really liked that one too. And I saw yeah. that movie, and I saw, yo, this dude's a star. Like he's gonna, he's he's yeah. it. He's the next dude, and then you don't really see him in anything. He was in one of the Mission Impossible's
1: yeah he was in the tutor he was in that show the tutors i think mm-hmm. he was like the main i don't know i never saw it but yeah, yeah i'm looking at the elvis miniseries i remember that and now he's just kind of in like i don't know just kind of in shit just like american Nights, survivalist it looks like uh, these all look like straight to dvd movies now i i don't even know if you call them straight to dvd and movies anymore they look like you know it's probably like straight to streaming movies yeah with like he's in something on a plane with uh alec baldwin um called 97 minutes yeah i mean this and this looks like it started sometime in 2000 the early 2010s mm-hmm. the last big thing he was in was that mortal instruments
0: no i don't know that one
1: yeah yeah he's in that from paris with love movie with john travolta mm. yeah mission impossible 3 was like 2006 2005 is yeah. match point Oh, and the Elvis miniseries was 2005 as well. So he had a big year in 2005 with the Elvis miniseries and starring in like Woody Allen's Match Point, which was like his, I don't know if you call it like a comeback movie, but it was the first movie he did out of New York that was not in New York. And then it mm. like was kind of a big, big, I don't remember if it was a hit, but it was definitely a critical hit. Yeah, I remember watching that
0: film class.
1: Re- uh reinvigorated Woody Allen's career for a little bit until some other stuff came out <laughs> mm. as if there wasn't stuff already, which is so weird. <laughs> like, what was the
0: second stuff? What do you mean?
1: Well, the first stuff was that he,
0: his daughter is yeah. His daughter slash his wife.
1: Stepdaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. And then, or his adopted, I don't know. I don't even know. His adopted daughter. His, his adopted, adopted stepdaughter. Daughter. Correct. His adopted stepdaughter. Yeah. Yeah. And then his, I believe his actual daughter, or she might have been adopted as well. But anyway, um you know, a couple years ago, his daughter came out and said she molested him.
0: He molested her. He molested her. Sorry,
1: did I say that wrong? Yeah. Oh yeah. She molested him. (laughs) Yeah, he molested her. What a bold statement. (laughs) Yeah. No, 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 no. Sorry, I said that completely incorrectly. But yeah, and then that was the controversy. And then since then, he's been kind of... Mm. I guess he's still making stuff. Like, he signed a contract with, like, Amazon and was making stuff. And then that kind of... There's a documentary on HBO that came out called Pharaoh versus... Alan versus Pharaoh or something. Yeah, It's like yes. a four-part documentary when... After uh, Mind of a... What was that one? Mind of a Murderer, was it? Uh, On Netflix, that big one that came out a few years ago. Mm. Anyway, that big true crime documentary that came out a few years ago. They started doing like true crime documentaries, four-part series documentaries, Finding Neverland or whatever, Escaping right. Neverland or whatever it is, And that was one of them, Alan versus Pharaoh, and they detailed all that stuff. And then since then, he's been pretty quiet. I don't think he's going to make any more... I don't know if he is making more movies now, but if he's... If he uh, is, then they're very quietly being made because i don't think anybody wants to work with him anymore because because of the controversy because of the controversy even if you like his stuff i i don't think like your agents will allow you to work with him because it's mm. just not like well he just
0: wrote nothing. a movie is apparently a screenplay this year twenty twenty three. Yeah. coup the chance
1: yeah i'm sure it's all well yeah look i'm looking at the poster now it's all in french people so yeah yeah he's he's not working in america he's been... anymore exile he's been exiled like yeah he's like roman polanski now Mm. oh boy all these motherfuckers go well sorry woody that's what happens i guess i don't know he's really old but yeah i was on um i've been on a movie watching kick as well Mm -hmm. uh i saw i didn't finish it but we were talking about baz lerman i i watched australia you ever see australia
0: yeah i have it here
1: did yeah. you see the whole thing? I'd like, yeah. I got halfway through and I was like, I got halfway through and I was like, oh, man, that was a pretty good movie. That was a nice yeah, ending. And there's still more. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then you're like, looked- you're, they're, they're <laughs> at the party with, yeah. uh, what's his name? Brian Brown. You're like, oh, cool. This is wrapping up. That was pretty mm-hmm. nice. And they're like, no, 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 no. We still have a whole cargo look- drive to do and there's still more yeah. shit. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Oh, and, yeah. and uh,
1: the Japanese haven't bombed Darwin yet, so don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, I was watching it. I was like, "Man, that they they solved it. That was a nice, nice little bow. There was yeah. a nice action sequence with the boy. Like, you know, basically yeah. his character arc got wrapped up nicely. Mm-hmm. And then I looked like to, you know." You'd scan on your Apple TV to see how much time's up. An hour and 20 left. I was like, yeah. what? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> We're done, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's there? wrapped up? I know. Like, the, the the kid almost got killed in the stampede. Like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> and he survived with magic. Yeah.
0: Hugh Jackman came through with that tux. Nicole Kidman's yeah. failing him. He's Mr. Handsome. That's it. Yeah. Brian Brown showed up. <laughs> <laughs> it All was good. A,
1: Wrap it up. Yeah. It was definitely a. Uh, It was definitely a Baz Luhrmann movie.
0: Yeah. That's his problem. Like his editing, he, he's very, it's very style. He's very good in style. Like, yes, and how he keeps the movie, he moving, moving. It feels like it's moving, but it's actually, it's like you watch it, but you're like, well, it's still a three hour movie, man. Yes. Yeah. So, and then after a while you do feel it, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It feels like, it feels like things are happening because there's so much movement and you're It's it's done. I think to keep you constantly engaged in stuff that maybe isn't that interesting, Mm -hmm. and then, but you know, it's hard to sustain that for three hours. That Mm. pace is like because after a while, if you don't give it time to just linger, I I think you start zoning out a little bit. Yeah, or maybe is
0: it a thing where you just get used to the pace, and then you you're you're like mind or body catches up, and you're like, oh wait, yeah, no, I I still feel three hours like it's still. Yeah, it's I think like it's, part- it's the theory of re- re- is it relativity where yes if you, yeah right if you're standing out if you see it if you're standing on the side and you see a train going by at yeah. whatever 100 miles per hour it looks like it's going really fast but when you're inside the train going at 100 yeah. miles per hour it doesn't feel that fast because you're right right so hmm. but yeah that's a long ass movie yeah I mean it's good I like it I mean once again like I lo- I like Baz Luhrmann's movies i I think I've seen them all with the exception of his early early stuff. Um, and I have them here. I have Romeo and Juliet. I have great Gatsby here. Um, I have Australia here. Um, I have, uh, Elvis on digital. Um, so I'm, I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of his. Um, this, his problem is that he just, but maybe that's, that's part of his style. Like he's just, his movie is just too long. You got to cut it short, man. Like it's too, yeah, too, too much. So, but, yeah. um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good one. I mean it's it's just a
1: it was one that i was watching it that i was like this was i think it was 2008 and i Mm. was watching it because it was like the least probably one of his least notable ones i should say like i don't know how well it did i don't i think i read about it but i don't remember what exactly the box office was i don't think it was a big success but it had all the makings of something that should have been it was like Hugh Jackman in 2008 Nicole Kidman in 2008 were like on top of the top right yep two big movie stars in a Baz Lorman movie who made who just coming off Moulin Rouge seemed like a kind of home run but then I think the subject matter is you know when you make a movie about Australia people in America are like this is based off like Australian history I guess some people of, in America yeah. Yeah, yeah people in America are just like what all right mm-hmm. I don't know I don't get it. Uh, And I'm not going to (laughs) learn. So So maybe that that was part of it. But yeah, I mean, there's some nice sequences and stuff in it. And obviously, when I was watching Elvis, that was the thing that I was very struck by. I was like, this guy's really talented because there's a lot of shots in here. I was like, I don't know how you would know that you needed all these shots. You know Mm. what I mean? Like, while you're coming through the script and just going like, oh, I need a shot of, you know, ribbon going down a, <laughs> Elvis's wall or something like yeah. that I'll be like I wouldn't even I wouldn't think of the stuff that he thinks of so I think yeah, he's it's probably
0: one of those things where he just down has down it in down. his mind already I'm looking mm-hmm. at the box office so it's 130 million budget estimated but on opening mm. weekend in the U.S. it only made 14 million so that's an oh boy yeah it, it's disappointing but it made his money back because <clears> worldwide yeah might basically double but in the US I only made 50 million so
1: Yeah. That's the so funny that's... thing about a lot of movies is like worldwide they usually make their money back and it's fine. Mm. And but the, it's considered a bomb if it doesn't do well in America. Even yeah. though like you know, is that because movies...
0: we have the biggest market? Is that what it is? I mean Yeah, I think I so. Know. China's I mean, very... I mean
1: India's pretty damn big.
0: Yeah, but they also they also have their own
1: <clears throat> they have their own industry. movie industry, so. Yeah. But China's probably yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, maybe it's a perception thing. Mm. With America.
0: Yeah, cuz even Great Gatsby, budget of 105 million, estimated opening week in 50 million. In the US yeah, it made that was money, a big hit. Yeah. Yeah, it that made hit, hit. Yeah, it made his money 144 uh eh. 44 yeah, 144 million in the US, but worldwide yeah. 353 million.
1: Yeah, that's like But that's a different thing too. You know, it's an American
0: classic based on a book. It's been, I mean, it's not the first great Gatsby film and you got DiCaprio.
1: Yeah. That's a big, that's a pretty, that's a pretty nice hit, but also like considering it's Leonardo DiCaprio and how much they spent. It's not, it feels like one of those, like could have done better. They probably look at it as like, it was all right. Mm. It did fine. Which is so funny. So, First things in my life is, uh, I had a, I had a baby over this past weekend, this past week. So we were in the hospital and, you know, um, we, I brought my Apple TV to the hospital. So when you have a baby, I mean, the baby's just sleeping for most of the time. And, uh, Natasha is recovering. So they basically just keep you in the hospital for three or four days. hmm And, uh, so I brought my Apple TV and I literally just put on my movies and just hit shuffle. So anything that came on, we just like watched. So I ended Mm. up going through a lot of movies. Like if you go through my, um, diary for letterbox, you'll see Mm. a lot of stuff on like the sixth. I watched one, two, three, four, five, six movies on Mm. September 6th, just cause we were like, we're just, there's, I mean, you couldn't, you can leave the room, but it's like, there's nothing nothing to do, to do. yeah it's like you can be and obviously i still want to be close to my wife if she needs anything because she's pretty much immobile and obviously my new baby uh daughter is like right there so you want to be as close to them as possible so it's just sitting around watching movies and like there's there's a couple of, oh first i want to say before we got to the hospital i think it was like the week before i saw the new ninja turtles movie have you seen it
0: no i want to see it
1: I wrote in my my letterbox review. I was like, it's the first movie since the original two that I <clears throat> first Ninja Turtles movie since the original two that I liked a lot. Mm. And like, I like all the other ones. I'm like, saying Ninja Turtles, man, it's yeah. bullshit. And I will say about this new one is it's not. <clears throat> it's definitely not my Ninja Turtles. It's just not. It's for a different generation. But yeah. I still thought it was so well done and really good and very funny. It's like a. It's like the Spider Verse movies. It's like. Yeah, similar animation style and like jokes on jokes on jokes on jokes on jokes it's just like jam-packed with jokes and i thought they just did a really good job and like had a lot of fun it feels like they had a lot of fun with it but i gotta say the big standout star of that movie and i said they should be giving out oscars for best vocal performance mm-hmm. and they should go to jackie chan for playing splinter really he's so good in this movie like he's just I never thought he would, like, it makes you aware that, oh, Jackie Chan's like a good actor. Yeah. (laughs) Like he plays a concerned dad who's like strict, who's like strict because he's worried about his kids and he doesn't want them out in the outside world because he's worried like what humans will do. And he like tells them all this stuff. Like he, he's sort of ignorant of what humans are. So he's like, they're going to milk you. And like, he has no idea what they actually do. But, but yeah, I would, I would highly recommend that to any Ninja Turtles fans or any just animation fans or any just if you got, you know, if you have some time and you just want to watch something good and funny and clever, that Ninja Turtles movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. is It's out on streaming now, but it's, it's very good. It's totally worth your time. And mm. it has all the characters, Rocksteady Bebop, Baxter, really? The Rat yeah. King. I don't know if the Rat King, I don't think the Rat King's in there, but Ice Cube plays uh the fly, Baxter. Because it's two different things. It's not Baxter the fly. Because in the original, Baxter becomes a fly. Right. But in this, he's just like, the fly is like, he's called Superfly. And he's like Baxter's, you know, quote unquote son. Because mm. Baxter created all these mutants. There is, even that crocodile's in there. Leatherhead. Uh, yeah, he's in there. And there's a lot of nods and winks to the, uh, to the original Ninja Turtles, even comic mm. book. Kino? Oh, okay. is he back? No, there's no Kino. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. There's I mean, no Kino. <laughs> not a reference anything? Yeah, I know. Maybe <laughs> in the next one. There's definitely a post-credits. Shred is in it? Uh Shreddy? I mean, you want me to spoil Oh, okay. Now yeah. I know.
0: I see. You were just saying you know,
1: <laughs> Yeah, I just, I I just put two and away. two together. Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: Oh, so I get it. It's mutant mayhem. So they're finding all the mutants and all the yeah. other characters. And then at the end, it's going to be like... You know, this guy leads how a car. How are we card. gonna get these turtles? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's exactly what you just said, which yeah, is exactly what you set card. up. And he's like, who how are we gonna get these turtles now? I guess we're gonna have to bring in the shredder. Mm. And you see the the helmet really? in the foreground and silhouette.
0: Oh wow.
1: But okay, you know, yeah, yeah, it's fun. It is what it is. It yeah. was no, it's a good movie though. It's a good movie. It's definitely worth your time. It's not it's not I didn't like the uh, the last two with like the cgi turtles the michael bay produced
0: ones. oh yeah i didn't think those are that great. first one i didn't care for too much it was too dark and gritty and yeah and the second one out of the shadows was okay because they cartooned it up you know yeah. they made it more like for kids and i was like okay i get it it's kind of yeah it's still silly as shit but it's fine man so yeah, i'm looking forward to that because i've heard good things about this thing about ninja turtles and it's funny because obviously and that's talking about movies that raised us like that original oh, teenage mean yeah. from golden harvest right golden i mean that, harvest of course yeah that shit was like on i i mean that's that's like in our blood i mean yeah i mean as children from the 80s ninja turtles was everywhere you know it was just like yeah. a thing so then when they made a movie out of it it was like yo we definitely got to go see this thing and yeah. um, get it on vhs and eat pizza and 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 all that so so i
1: remember we had i was in a band in high school and a little bit of college but like we were um in florida and playing shows and there was a guy who wanted to manage our band he was a he was carotop's manager and he was gallagher the comedian Caratop and the comedian gallagher he was his he was their manager and his big even though he's done that his big claim to fame was that uh, yes. he was the producer of the original Ninja Turtles. Um, he bought the rights to the comic book back before people were buying rights. His name is Gary proper. It was, he's passed away now, but yeah, I just remember just be like, that's so crazy. He's like, yeah, I just like, I just bought up comic book properties before. Cause I was like, this, these are going to be good movies at some point. So yeah. he just, he had the rights to it and then they made it with like golden harvest and, uh, yeah, he was a surfer in like Cocoa Beach, and it's yeah. I, every time I see his name when I watch Ninja Turtles, it's like Gary Proper Production. I'm like, I met that guy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I was listening to a um a podcast called something. It's like a uh, history of the '90s, and they talk about it and they didn't go into much details more as much details you went to, but I remember you. I remember you telling me the story, and they they dropped his name, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. So.
1: Um, but yeah. Uh, I mean, we gotta do. We'll do like a full Ninja Turtles episode because that's like I think the the episodes that we do that are like um sort of about the movie like a one specific movie that means a lot like Who Framed Roger Rabbit and we have a Hook one and um and uh the Back to the Future obviously we'll call those like movie milestones and we'll, mm. those will be like in noted differently so we'll we'll do like a movie milestone of ninja turtles because that's that one those movies deserve their own episode
0: yeah yeah for sure okay a jose can sickle back but tell me
1: tell me you didn't pay you didn't money, pay for, money this. for this <laughs> the way he says that i'm never under i never kind of understand what he means does he mean like he stole a Jose could say go back tell me you didn't pay money for this he's like i can't believe you would buy a jose can oh back. i see or tell me you didn't pay money for this like you stole it I I don't understand the the inflection is so wrong. Yeah, (laughs) I can't really decipher what the the intent.
0: Tell me, you didn't pay money for this?
1: No, that's that's. Yeah, I always took it as like, please, he stole
0: it or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I took
1: it as like Jose can he he doesn't like Jose Canseco,
0: right? Yeah, that makes sense as well too. You know, so.
1: But uh, yeah, so I saw a bunch of movies. One movie that I saw this week and it's past last week. I started watching it and then I just had to watch it in pieces, but it's one of the most movie Mm. movies I've seen in a while. And it's the firm 1993 is the firm with Tom Cruise. Have you ever seen this movie?
0: Is it no, but I've know the synopsis. He's a lawyer. He gets hooked up into some Hot shot law firm, but they're like doing some dodgy shit. And, and yeah. And the guy from what's his name? Diabetes. You know that guy?
1: Yes, uh, Cocoon, yeah, Wilford Brimley, yeah, Wilford Brimley, yeah, yeah, he plays one of the
0: and you know, I got diabetes,
1: diabetes, (laughs) yeah, he uh, he's in and how and Hackman, right? Hackman's in it, Hackman plays like his sort of mentor, I think he's one of the good guys, Mm.
0: um,
1: eventually becomes like one of the nice, he's an actual friend to tom cruise mm-hmm. so basically what happens is and it's such a i mean it's a john grisham adaptation so right there it's like one of the first john grisham adaptations so right there you know it's going to be about a lawyer who's up against it so tom cruise plays a small town lawyer in i think boston and him and his wife gene Triplehorn. gene Triplehorn. yeah they're um they're like living in a shitty apartment you know <sighs> whatever they're like struggling but they're happy right So then, so then he's interviewing for positions. He's just getting out of law school, I believe. And he's interviewed for positions and he really is impressive. And he's also very like smarter than everybody in the room. Mm -hmm. Essentially so he's
0: Tom Cruise. Yeah. It's weird. Every movie.
1: It's weird because it's one of the, I, it just feels like I haven't seen Tom Cruise playing a normal guy in a long time.
0: Mm. You know what What, I mean? Compared to like Ethan Hawke status.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, America, even like American Made, that movie he did a couple years ago, or like Jack Reacher, there's not like normal guys, right? They're not just like he's just a lawyer in this. He doesn't have like superpowers or anything. Like, he's not the best fighter or whatever like right he's just a really good lawyer and he lives in a shitty apartment like i it's it's been so long since you've seen tom cruise live in a shitty apartment in a movie right (laughs) you (laughs) know what i mean like it's it's really nobody's
0: personal life (laughs) right right
1: (laughs) like you kind of want to see him that and you know that would be that would have been interesting for him to be in once upon a time in. Hollywood and do the scene in that shitty trailer. Oh with yeah, br- with the, the dog, Cliff right? Booth part, yeah. yeah, yeah, Anyway, so so Tom Cruise is, you know, they're very poor, but you know they're in love, and and he's interviewing, and he's sort of like, these people are. So why do you want to work here? And he's like, well, why do I want to work for you? Because da 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 da. And he like judo chops them with his like legal yeah smarts, right? Yeah. And then there's so this one, and they so there's these this firm like Wilford Brimley and some other guy. Hal Holbrook, I believe, give him like, so what if I gave you a little test? And they give him like a test and he like wows them, of course, like, Mm -hmm. you know, well, actually I would do this and the, the, you know, the Dow Jones maneuver and I would, you know, and they were like impressed. And it's like
0: the Kiboshi thing in Star Trek.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So they give him, so they offer him a position in this, what's called the firm, (laughs) It's an act, it has a name, but I don't remember what it is. Yeah. But everybody in the movie refers to it as the firm. Everybody yeah. who works there goes the firm, the firm, the firm. So even like his, I guess his friend works for the firm, and his friend's wife is talking to Gene Triplehorn. Like you see them walking side by side. So Tom Cruise and his friend are walking side by side, and then Gene Triplehorn and tom cruise's friend's wife are walking side by side they're all at the same place like on a boardwalk and they're like cutting it cuts back and forth to them being like so yeah the for everybody in the firm has a porsche and then it cuts to gene triple horns like everybody in the firm is so great everybody loves Mm -hmm. the firm and and there's this one random ass thing that's so funny they're walking down the boardwalk and there's these like street kids doing like you know like if you go to new york showtime showtime on the train and they do like they dance on the poles and stuff like that. Yeah. There's these kids just doing flips for like money. And then all of a sudden Tom Cruise just does three flips. <laughs> it is like out of an eighties movie. It is so crazy. He just does three flips and the black kids like, yeah. And they give him like high five <laughs> and they cut. And it has nothing to do with anything else. Wow. It's so funny. Anyway. So Tom Cruise is, Tom Cruise gets to the firm and he everybody's like, you know, it's the big scene where they're like, hey, welcome new guy. Here's a stack of books. Get familiar mm. with this. You got to pass yeah. the bar. And then another person comes in. What's up, new guy? Here's a stack of books. Get that done by today. Hey, new guy. Here's a stack of, you know. So he's like, Ugh, his head's <laughs> in his hand. And he's overwhelmed. Yeah. But when he moves to this new place and he's working for the firm, they give him like, you know, he shows up at his new yeah. house. They move him there. It's in, Porsche, I everything. think it's in Washington or, or, Mer- or Baltimore or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They they have a Porsche waiting for him at his, ha- his new house, you know, fruit monkey basket butlers. full of, yeah, monkey ballers. <laughs> 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 yeah. Fruit basket full of hundreds. It's like whatever, right? <laughs> so, so yeah. And then he just starts becoming like a star there. And then eventually he starts, he, just starts realizing there's some shady shit going on. Gene Hackman is like his mentor mm-hmm. and and all this shit is going on. Then all of a sudden, one of his friends, one of the people at the firm dies. Mm. And it's Mysteriously, so Mysteriously, right? Mysteriously, yeah. And it's so funny because when you watch the movie now, especially, you can't help but think of Scientology because mm. it's so much, it's so like the firm is very the way people talk about it in the movie is very suggestive of like a cult. Mm. Like we love the leader, right? We love Mm. the firm. The firm is this, they set you up with a house. They set you up with all this stuff, all this stuff. And then, and then Tom Cruise starts to realize he's like, it starts, it starts with like them being like, so Tom Cruise, like, would you be willing? He's like, you don't need to break the law, but you got to bend it to the, like an inch of its life. Basically. Mm. like, we're, our goal is to get people out of tax, out of paying taxes, essentially. Right. And he's like, okay, I can do that. And it's like the first little, you know, Test nudge of his, yeah, nudge yeah. of his morality or whatever right. and all this stuff. So, I mean, you know where this is going, right? Of course. Like, well, then starts, they,
0: they do like, they represent gangsters like the mafia. Yeah. They're yeah.
1: literally, it's literally a money laundering scheme for the yeah. mob. And then he finds out about it and he wants to get out. But then they're like, so. They have like a woman on the beach and she's – I'm familiar with this, yeah. Yes, Tom Cruise is like walking on the beach and they – like he sees her being harassed and he goes up to her and he's like, oh, saves her and all this stuff. And then she like seduces him and they have sex or whatever. Yeah, it's a honeypot. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, she's a prostitute that the firm set him up with to blackmail him into like shutting – keeping his mouth shut and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And then, you know, it becomes like a thriller where they're chasing him, trying to kill him. They have goons. They have assassins to come kill him. Mm-hmm. I think Gene Hackman gets killed. Mm. But yeah, and then eventually he he actually makes a deal with the mobsters to like, he basically goes, the, the firm is overcharging you and has been overcharging you for X amount of years. And like, I have, these are all the files I can use to prove it. And basically... Do what you will with them. So basically, I mean, essentially the mob is either going to kill them or get them like fucked by the FBI, which I think because the FBI, Ed Harris is working for the FBI and he, uh, which is interesting to see Ed Harris and Tom Cruise in a movie together. You just go like, oh yeah, that's a pairing. Um, Have they been in a movie together before? Yeah. I mean, that's the only one I know of unless he's in like Days of Thunder or something. Mm. And Top Gun, Maverick, now that I think about it. I don't remember Ed Harris in that. He's in the like the beginning. He's like the I don't He's know the Strickland. If, he's role the Strickland, is, yeah. Right, he, gotcha. he, exactly. Yeah. He's like the he goes to the office in the beginning. God damn it, Maverick. You're too you're too much of a loose cannon. You're too cool, okay, Maverick. Yeah. God damn. Anyway, so yeah. So that yeah, that's basically it. And then he, he gets out of the firm and then they move back to their shitty apartment and they're and happy. again. Mm. After all the trials and tribulations. But it was like <laughs> It was such a movie. It's like, yeah, it's just one of those movies where you go, Oh, this is the part in the movie where Tom Cruise, you know, does this. And there's, for some reason, there's assassins chasing him. Like, this is a yeah. movie about a lawyer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and somehow they're assassins. Why can't he just quit his job and just go to oh, another place? Yeah, exactly. You know who <laughs> the assassin is, though? Which is so weird. Gary it's, Busey? No, Gary Busey. Yeah, goddamn. I forgot Gary Busey's in it. So, Gary Busey is a private investigator that Tom Cruise hires to, like, Find out what's going on in the firm, okay. and then the firm, the one of their assassins comes and kills him. Kills Gary Busey.
0: How unhinged is Busey? Is he kind of normal? Not
1: as bad. He's about as he's about the same as he is in Point Break.
0: Oh, okay. So, so yeah, not that his, crazy so you can see,
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not there yet. And then Holly Hunter's in it too. Yeah. Holly Hunter's playing like his secretary, who's like I think like blowing him. Like I don't even mm. remember. She hides behind her desk, and then the assassins shoot him while he's in the desk, but they don't know she's under there. And then she starts helping Tom Cruise, which is weird to see Tom Cruise and Holly Hunter in a movie. You're like, yeah, man, that Venn diagram didn't. I didn't think that was gonna happen, but um, who's the assassin? The assassin is Tobin Bell, the Jigsaw. Dude who plays Saw, yeah, Jigsaw, Jigsaw. That's his name. <laughs> and he has a whole, he has a head full of white hair, oh. and it's fucking insane he looks like, uh, oh man, I'm never going to find this guy. So I'm never going to look him up, but, um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting, it's, it's, it's Sydney, Sydney Pollock movie. Yeah. But it's definitely, it's just such a movie movie. And it's like on the Tom Cruise ascent in the early nineties. I think this was like right before interview with the vampire or something, but you know, Tom Cruise is huge movie star. Mm. And, uh, it's just a legal thriller but i watched a bunch of shit man i oh, watched Paul
0: Calderon's in that too
1: yes yes My name's he is Paul and this is between y'all. y'all yep he's in it too i was watching his, his stuff too because i was like i didn't realize he was in anything but that one scene of pulp fiction, <laughs> pulp fiction. You, know? <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and i remember hearing that he he auditioned for this the Jules role in pulp yeah. fiction wasn't it written for him i thought so i don't know if it was written for him i think it was written for sam jackson Mm. i don't know i don't i don't know i don't know if it was written for sam jackson but i know sam jackson came and auditioned for it and basically got the part and then Mm -hmm. paul calderon auditioned for it and quentin was like it's him now like it's him so sam jackson either found out or they told Sam Jackson about that. So Sam Jackson came back in and re-auditioned. Yeah. And they gave him the part again.
0: And then Tarantino was like, I'd still like Paul. I'll give you, I'll find yeah, something. I'll find for
1: something you. for him. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, imagine that, that's a, that's the one to a time trajectory. in Hollywood. Yeah. Like a, that's a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's right.
0: like, you know, y'all was up for the role of jewels and pulp fiction. I oh.
1: had it. Not I was yeah. up for it. I had it. And then Sam Jackson (laughs) re-auditioned.
0: Yeah. Mm. I want to see these motherfuckers on the street.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Hey. I don't. Roll up, roll up. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I saw a bunch of stuff. I'm going to go through real quick just to give you an idea of where my head was at. So I just put it on shuffle and I'm watching Ocean's Eleven, Intolerable Cruelty, Big Daddy, Space Jam, A New Legacy, Mm. Death Becomes Her, The Darjeeling Mm. Limited, Ali, La La Land, First Man, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, F for Fake, Synecdoche, New York, Barry Lyndon, and The Shining, which is not a much more varied assortment of movies ever. So you went on random the whole time. I was just on random the yeah. whole time. It was like, it's such a, it's, it's, it's more fun yeah. to just not know what you're going to see. And then you just like stick with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think we, we talked about it a bunch of times on the show where it reminds me of those HBO days the Cinemax days where like yeah. where, when streaming and Netflix, you spend 10 minutes trying to figure out what you want to watch and then you know it. And you, whereas like when it was a premium movie channels, it was just like something was on right yeah and then let's say you finish a movie and then something else comes on you're like i don't know what this is i'll just let me yeah. figure it out you know and um and it's up to the movie's job to keep you captivated to see or finish your the whole interest. thing yeah, yeah exactly to hold your interest so
1: but yeah i mean of the stuff i was like i'm just going through and looking at it just minor notes on everything oceans 11 is a masterpiece It's like when the George Clooney one, right? The George Clooney one is like it's just so much fun and so so brilliant and so deftly like constructed. Steven Soderbergh is like one of the best ever. Like when he wants to make a movie, when he wants to make a film, he'll make a film. Mm. When he wants to make a movie, he doesn't make he makes it better than anybody. If you just want to watch like a Friday night movie, he'll do it better than anybody else. Intolerable Cruelty, which is a weird Coen Brothers movie, it's one of their like. I don't even know like how to describe it. It's just one of those. It's just them being silly. It's not even silly. It's like Daffy. You know what I mean? Like they always make Mm. these like when they do comedy, it's very, very cartoony, like Raising Arizona. Right. And this is like very much cartoonish. Excuse me. Big Daddy. Adam Sandler classic. It's my favorite Adam Sandler movie, I think. Big Daddy? big daddy yeah mm. i used to watch it on hbo all the time it's like it just has everything it's like it's funny enough and it has like heart too uh he's a good actor in it it's like my favorite joey lauren adams is my favorite uh adam sandler leading lady mm. i've always loved her voice she has yeah. the best voice ever space I mean, Jam she's and terrific
0: Duke. in chasing amy obviously. chasing amy
1: of course yeah, yeah she's amazing in chasing amy and she's good in Days and Confused.
0: Mm. I haven't seen it. There's what else did I see? She's in one of those. Is she in Jerry Maguire? She plays like the best. She, friend.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm somebody. Of Renee Zellweger.
0: Yeah, I think that's. Uh, yeah, I think that's her. She. I think she's like the best. The sister of the. You know.
1: Yeah um space jam and new legacy was pretty bad like uh <laughs> i mean but again it's like I, it's hard to gauge because i bet if i watched the original space jam i was like this is not good either like yeah. Michael not a good actor and like yeah, this makes no sense and it's just like the only thing about space jam and new legacy was do they have the runtime on it because that's the thing it was. was short no it was long that's what i, I felt like it was long like unnecessarily long
0: because i heard with space i haven't seen the new uh, space jam that one uh what's it a new legacy but i heard basically it's just um what's it called like a commercial for Warner brothers property.
1: yeah they basically yeah it's it really is like yeah the original space jam is an hour and 28 minutes Mm. space jam a new legacy
0: this week i haven't seen anything really really new i went I started I started up wrongfully accused, which is the Leslie known okay. film. It's a spoof movie on the fugitive. Okay. So, and I think that's later in the in his spoof movies because that I mean, I mean I'm sure they're all ridiculous in their own way. You know how it is, yeah. you know how ridiculous. But that one seems like it's almost like cramming in the jokes in. And yeah. I remember watching it as a kid, but for what whatever reason, for whatever reason, that one didn't really um Resonate with me the the police not the police academy the um
1: naked gun naked
0: gun movies yeah yeah stuck with me a lot more than um than wrongfully accused what was his name naked dribble something
1: like John Dribble or something like yeah Frank Frank Dribble Frank Dribble Frank Ah, Frank (laughs) you know I didn't know that I guess not that Naked Gun was based off a show but almost like how do I put it like they He had a police, uh, uh sorry. He had a TV show called police squad. Yeah. Is yeah. It, is it? Yes. Police squad in the eighties. Yeah. And I guess this was like, no, yeah. Frank Drebin. So, okay. So this show was like the, the originator of the naked gun movies. Hmm. I think, unless yeah, I'm so what I think it wrong. was like
0: a really police perceived procedural thing. And then yeah. when they did the movies, they just took the name and everything, but they just made it yeah. really goofy.
1: Yeah, from the title from the files of police squad. Mm. Oh, so yeah, this is like the police squad movie. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, which I never even knew. Like I didn't know that there was a show. Now I feel like I have to watch this because I love Naked Gun and I loved all those because I thought they were so it was so insane and so funny, I can't believe there's a whole t v show with like Siri like you know that yeah. they made just a series of this, so I gotta watch these
0: yeah, ron accused was later later in this yeah. in in Because he went i mean obviously he was in some of those scary movies,
1: yeah, and franchise he was in like the third or fourth one or something like
0: yeah, that. I mean he but was even terrible. like spy hard remember that that's kind of forgotten one he' was in he, there was a while he was just doing all the like the spoof movies, Dracula and Dead and Loving, yeah. Yeah, which was, I, was good. I remember Dracula and Dead and Loving,
1: which was good. Um, Spy Hard. Yep. Mr. Magoo, I remember that. Yeah. 2001, A Space Travesty, 3.5 stars would you, out of 10. Um, <laughs> he plays the president in scary movie three and four. Yeah. Yeah. And superhero movie. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I don't know. It's, you getting paid? Get your money, boy. He got paid. Is he still alive? No, no, he passed, passed away in 2010.
0: Yeah, I remember. I remember being, like, Um, and then this week I started rewatching Taxi Driver again, just chucking it on, just in the background yeah. and stuff, you know.
1: Getting ready um, for the movie critic.
0: No, not really. I just maybe subconsciously, <laughs> maybe that's why I just threw it because it, yeah. it came up on my algorithm and it was like this is just jested for you and i was like well i kind of i want something in the background that i don't have to pay attention to because i've seen it yeah and then i was watching and i was like let's just see and i was you know just watching young de niro yeah and um
1: they yeah i'm like this this fucker is good man her yeah you ever um what are your what are your memories of that movie what's the first time you saw that movie
0: uh later probably in my 20s or something because it was yeah. always a thing of you people talk about it taxi driver taxi yeah. driver and I, I and of course i was already into scorsese at that point but i i probably watched it somewhere in my 20s or something yeah. maybe i think we had it on dvd maybe yeah. you had
1: it on dvd and we just watched it yeah I, the and cover used the thing, to freak me out freak you out well because i knew it was like one of those movies because i started being like all right i want to you know, I want to be a filmmaker, so I want to watch all the best movies. Like, yeah, you know, all the I I want to cross all these movies off my list. And Taxi Driver was always on there, but the 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 cover of Blockbuster was like him with a shaved head and a mohawk, and I was like, the fuck. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, man. This looks like kind of fucked up. And I I turned it on, and I just remember being like, it wasn't like anything that like I was like, wow, that was crazy good. Mm. I just remember being like. Man, that was like that was kinda like, all right, young De Niro, you you talking to me? Who the fuck Mm -hmm, did you talk to? Yeah, so like some stuff. And I was like skeeved out by a lot of stuff. And but the one thing I remember early on, I was like, why the fuck did he bring her into that porno movie? Like it did (laughs) like I couldn't like I just couldn't recognize like it took me out of the movie. So I'm like, why would you do that? Like it just like I couldn't figure it out. And then it took me so many times to watch. It's like, no, he's just not mentally well. Like he doesn't yeah. he doesn't get it.
0: He's socially fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was like I I I just couldn't like circle that square for <laughs> for the longest time. Well you know like,
0: like, yeah. like Sybil Sheppers thought the same thing too, but yeah. that's good. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um but yeah, I remember seeing that that was one of those movies you had like I had to like watch and stuff and I'm like yeah. I, I remember liking it a lot too. After, after you watch it a couple of times, I just remember really enjoying it. And I would just like, it's such a weird thing to do, but like I would stay up, you know, when I was in college, I would just stay up all night sometimes and then mm-hmm. just have that movie on in the background. And that's like, not the movie you want to have on all night while yeah, you're exactly. you, not you sleeping You well. like this motherfucking <laughs> <Travis Bickle. laughs> know, right? Exactly, yeah. I'm just like fixing an Xbox with the Red Ring of Death, <laughs> watching Taxi Driver in the background. Yeah. What <laughs> like, the fuck? <laughs> 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 Somewhere there's a movie about you yeah, watching exactly. that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this Xbox won't fix itself. <laughs> yeah. I, I love know. that like it's like
0: I'm tired of the poisons, the fucking uh yeah. whatever he says, yeah, uh,
1: the pub's good yeah the uh yeah, I love when he when he gets the uh the politician in the back seat of his car and he's like, it's just a fucking mess, man everybody somebody should first fuck flush it down the fucking toilet, yeah the guy's like yeah, yeah so the, the assistant's and like, he gives oh. him like <laughs> yeah okay. he gives him that line. He just gives him the standard pat line of like, well, it's going to take a lot of work
0: yeah. and we
1: all have to be a part of it, right? <laughs> and then he's like, as he gets out of the car, he gives a guy a look like, oh, she dodges dodged a bullet on that one. Mm-hmm. Fucking maniac. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The city here is like an open sewer, you know? It's full of filth and scum. Sometimes I can hardly take it. Whenever, wh- uh, whatever, whatever, Whoever becomes it's president should it. just really clean it up. You know what I mean? i get Plus headaches it. i was like oh man
1: oh boy <laughs> oh yeah He was like how's but your
0: license how's your driving record clean like clean
1: like you conscience. gonna bust my balls
0: man you, I gonna, love bust, that. you gonna
1: bust my chops <laughs> you're gonna bust my chops
0: Because <laughs> the guy's like really not it, I, I like that scene because it's like a thing he's seen so many taxi drivers trying yeah to, he doesn't give a fuck he's just like yeah he's going through the basics are you what's like clean driver record where you do drugs and stuff. And then this guy says, gives him a smart ass comment. Yeah. And he looks up and he's like, what the fuck, man? Come on, bust my chops. Yeah,
1: (laughs) It's the guy from Godfather two. I think it's Richard, Richard Castellano or Richard anyway. But yeah, he's the guy from Godfather two. He's like, yeah, the family's full of buttons. There's a lot of buttons. I press a button on the guy.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes,
1: yes, there's a lot of button pushes.
0: can I ask you a question now, like if you would and it's weird to say it now because um Joker um yes, came out, and it's so obviously influenced by taxi yeah. driver i watched i i i I didn't think about it the first time or maybe the second time I've seen taxi driver, but when i th- look at that film, I can see how. If it was somewhat redone today, that they can, or whoever were to do, could, like, it can, I guess, conceptualize it as a twist on the superhero genre in the sense of you have this guy who is kind of an ordinary man, taxi driver, you know, and and all this stuff and for whatever reason he is being exposed to the underbelly of the city and stuff and even though he goes through a transformation, right? Like in in a way of quote-unquote Batman trains himself with the fucking fire and the flame and working out and stuff like that and gets his arsenal and then basically becomes a hero at the end when he saves Joey's foster's character. And all the people mm-hmm. that he does kill at the at the at the end are bad people, you know, yeah. pimps and Johns and, and stuff like that. And then who however you um decipher that end scene where you what you know it's a dream or it's not a dream or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cause I don't remember, isn't there something like a newspaper article says like hero saves yeah girl or something like that so
1: yeah it at like, it
0: sometimes like that it was like oh it, it kind of does follow that narrative a bit
1: yeah well yeah i mean yeah it's it, yeah as you were saying that i was like it's almost like an unbreakable mm. you know like but yeah it's it's yeah it's definitely like that it definitely has that kind of trajectory i guess mm. but it's so yeah it's definitely warped and twisted
0: oh yeah for sure
1: yeah, about a a guy who uh, becomes a vigilante, but like what it would really look like instead of like dressing up as like, hey, you know, he does dress up in a way, like he shaves his yeah. head and does the mohawk and like gets his jacket and stuff, has a uniform, has a costume. Mm-hmm. So he does, he does, uh, he does, yeah, become a superhero in his own mind, I guess. But yeah, it's a it's a crazy movie and a crazy transformation i'm like the thing about that movie is like i guess there was nothing like it like you see mm. movies now kind of like trying to be that
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean joker aside but just like basically like any movie now where like i don't know it was some somebody like ryan gosling played a, a skinhead or something like that or ed norton playing a skinhead or like was ryan gosling playing a skinhead before yeah, I think it's called a movie. It's a movie called The Believer. I think. Mm, okay. So it's just like any car- any movie where like someone plays like a fucked up weirdo, mm-hmm. Nightcrawler for mm. Jake Gyllenhaal. It's like I don't know if that kind of person was ever in a movie before, and yeah. like treated in that way, or like the somebody like doing a movie about someone who's like mentally ill, mm-hmm. and just following them follow the movie through their POV. I don't. I think that was what the the um the milestone Shock. of that movie yeah the mm. the the novelty i guess of that movie oh, okay, was yeah. at the time uh but yeah it's i never and i didn't know it was like a ptsd movie even though he's like he's like uh you're gonna bust my chops He's like, says he served in the marines he's like oh what well, i was in the army yes sir and he straightens up and he's mm. like yeah me too all right, you want to work in? Yeah, head? And then he kind of likes the him. Yeah, 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 yeah. He relates
0: to him. Yeah, yeah. Gives him a break. Yeah.
1: So, um, so yeah, the one thing is like interesting, and we talk about like making that movie today. Is like in Tarantino's book, the Cin- cinema speculation. He talks about how they, the Harvey Keitel character, was they wanted. I guess in the script he was black. Mm and they wanted to cast him black i guess mm-hmm. or they thought against it or at, at least the writer paul schrader was like he should be black but then they were the producers in martin scorsese i think were like eh, i don't know if we make him black it's gonna be kind of like what are we saying here you know what i mean
0: because already there is that element where travis i don't know he does look like there is a scene where he looks at he's racist yeah, yeah
1: he's racist he is Isn't racist he? is he they he say, doesn't. They, it's does never outwardly, like outwardly said, but he just like he, any black guy he sees, he just gives him like side eye. Even like the one who sits down, who's one of the cabbies. He's like, is a yeah. little weird too.
0: stick up, man. Is that what it is? I think so. Yeah.
1: That weird scene where he's like, this is a piece of Liberace's bathroom or <laughs> toilet or whatever. I forgot who it was. One of the other taxi drivers tries to sell him like a piece of, uh, Somebody's bathroom tile. You remember this? I, no. Anyway, it's or it's is it a underwear? Name. Isn't there the with underwear? Something like that. He's like, he's like, you see this? It's a piece, a piece of like, I see the Liberace or somebody's, Errol Flynn's like bathroom. He's like, why don't you take it and see if you can do something with it? You're like, I'm gonna do, sell Errol Flynn's bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> But yeah, and it's also like a thing about like New York at that time, which is like something I couldn't relate to when I first saw it. Like, you know, we left New York in the early 90s, like before, like after kind of while it was being cleaned up, I should say. So before that crazy scummy Times Square time. Yeah. So I don't know. So I don't relate to that. But I talked to people who were here at the time. They're like, yeah, it was like insane. Um, that era, but.
0: Mm. But you know, back to the thing with the racism, like it's just—is it just that? Is that that's what it conveys? Because I, I remember that scene when he sits down, they're having coffee, and he looks at those pimps, and you can see like, yeah, I guess there's, but it's not as outwardly as another guy in the movie Scorsese, who sits in that yeah. fucking back seat of that car, and you're yeah, like, yeah, yo, yeah. where's this coming from, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know who lives out there? A bank. Yeah, yeah a bank a beep lives up there. My wife is fucking a beep up there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's where Tarantino got it. Maybe because it's his favorite movie. So he wanted to cast himself as the guy saying the N word in the movie. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, that's just, that to me is more of like the time. Like I I can picture a dude in the seventies being like that more than a dude in the nineties being like, my house looks like deadbeat storage. <laughs> mm.
0: I can picture a guy doing it now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah I guess I, I guess I could too.
0: But I think we've talked about that scene with in pulp fiction yeah. where Tarantino like it's also I don't know, I don't even would make it easier or uh, uh, Easier, that's not the right word, but it it, or under more understandable. And uh, where if he was just if he didn't put the hard R or that, yeah, he was saying that you know the 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 hip hop version of it, you know what I mean? Because then I'm just like, oh, then he's a a dude that that wants to be down or like, you know what I mean, right? And then make if I I would, I that's how I would interpret it, but it doesn't make sense because it's just like, bro, like apparently Jules is your friend and also your wife is black, so why are you talking like that?
1: Right. That's uh <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know. And man. then I was thinking I was thinking about that like it would make more sense if that scene like let's say Pal back to Paul Calderon was
1: that character in the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know. It would've yeah, it would have made more sense. Mm. I don't know. Whatever. He wanted to do it in the movie. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I've been debating this for fucking twenty years at this point, or thirty years almost.
0: I don't know. But speaking of which, so we talked about, I'd send you a message uh, earlier this week of uh, speaking about Tarantino of the news that um, he offered the role, the the movie
1: critic to Paul Walter Hauser Mm. uh, before the strikes, apparently. Um, Which is funny because I'm like, I remember uh, it was either the Oscars or something where Paul Walter Hauser came up and it must've been the Golden Globes because Tarantino was there. And, Austin Butler is up there going like, Oh, Mr. Tarantino. I just read your script when I was 14 years old, still doing that Elvis voice. And then at some point, Paul Walter Hauser, he, I think he won an award. And then the first thing he says is looks like a wax museum with a pulse in here. And he winks to somebody in the audience. I was like, mm. did he just wink the Tarantino? Like, why would he just reference that? You know, That's interesting. Mm. And then I was like, and then when I heard that, I was like, dude, that makes so much sense. Now that, quote because i it felt like austin butler was like auditioning like can i please be your next movie sir Mm. and that paul walter hauser was like i know you got one more movie so i want to be in it Mm. but yeah that's like that's cool man i think he's a good he's a great actor i'm like yeah so i'm i'm very excited i think i've said this before because uh paul schrader talked about it on a podcast paul schrader wrote taxi driver and he wrote this other movie called rolling thunder that i just started watching mm-hmm. and he i guess let it slip that he talked to tarantino and tarantino was like yeah i'm gonna redo the um i want to redo the ending of rolling thunder in my movie mm. and then he's like oh, okay yeah go ahead cool do it so i think it's i think and i've thought this before is that the, it's gonna be like All those scenes in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where he's envisioning himself, Leonardo DiCaprio's envisioning himself in The Great Escape. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a lot like that. So it's going to be like Paul Walter Hauser envisioning himself in all these revenge movies like Taxi Driver. Mm. And I think like almost every movie in Cinema Speculation, (laughs) probably. Mm. You know what I mean? He's going to be in the 70s. So I don't know. I think think that's what it's going to be. I think it's going to be like... Uh, some guy is like fantasizing that he's in the movies.
0: Right. Right. With
1: recreations done.
0: Right. And I
1: hope since it's his last Tarantino's last movie, he just like, just put stars and stars and stars in it. In like the little roles, like small Mm. roles. Just has everybody who's ever been in one show up again. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I watch Vin Diesel movies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll see we'll see apparently the story is that it's a movie critic for like this rundown porno rag magazine yeah. which yeah. is interesting because tarantino worked at a porno theater again right yeah true yeah um so maybe there's going to be some aspects of his personal experience in the script with that and then obviously yeah aspects of taxi driver um obviously you know Maybe voiceover. Has he has, Well, he does. He has voiceover, yes. but not the yeah. characters.
1: Yeah, sometimes. It's him. Well, yeah, it's usually you, him. Oh no,
0: Kill Bill has voiceover. Yeah.
1: yeah, Kill Bill has like first person voiceover, and then the rest of them usually just have like a. What's well, Yeah, him as an omniscient narrator yeah. is outside of the events of the. When story. people
0: were listening to stories of posing Mike White Mouse. <laughs> Somebody.
1: Poison the poison coffee. the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> the only did he do it for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I know he, Kurt Russell does the. Oh yeah, somewhere. you're right. He didn't. No, he did. You know he did. I, I think it's you know, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I remember. Does he no, make cameo? I think he might. He might do a voice somewhere. Doesn't he do the one at the end? Or like does the that Kurt Russell too?
0: It's Kurt Russell.
1: Kurt Russell at the end as when
0: well. When they're coming back from uh, Italy. Italy. And then obviously the one who was like, that's a fucking lie.
1: Yeah, that one. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, uh, And then he's just a voice in Jackie Brown as the voice, as the answering machine. You have yeah. one message.
1: I think Sam Jackson's, I think he said something about Sam Jackson probably having a role in the new movie.
0: He should. I mean, that's his dude. Yeah. You know?
1: yes, yes. Yes.
0: You should. I'll be kind of disappointed. I'll be like, damn, man, that was your that's your man's. You're that's Holmes. Yeah, the,
1: yeah.
0: And you're he's gonna done. fuck him over?
1: No, nah, I'm sure he's got one more in him. I'm sure Christoph Waltz will show up too. You think so? I would think so, man. I'm like he said, there's two people that say my dialogue better than anybody. It's Sam right, seen and Christoph that. Waltz. Yeah. So I can't imagine that you know he wouldn't want those two. But uh, I gotta wrap it up. I gotta head out. Mm. So. We can talk more soon, next week, and in the future. But yes. uh, let the people know where you're going to be.
0: Uh, you can find me on. You can find me in the club. Now, um, you can find me online, droesquire Esquire, D R L underscore for all my socials, my letterbox as well. If anyone has any movie recommendations, suggestions, feel free to send them my way. I'm 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 keen to. Um, know what the people are watching because i am a man of the people always have been and always will Um, and other than that yeah check out my some of my reviews i've been writing them in haiku Um, it's a good exercise for me and um, it's just time saving as well and um, yeah that's gonna i think that's it yeah
1: as for me, go to ChristianDuranComedy.com for all Christian Duran needs. Christian Duran, I think SVP, on Letterbox for all my reviews. I've been writing so many. I've seen so many films, baby. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes, baby. The world champ, baby.
0: Yeah, that's actually a good impression. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's one video of this wrestler named John Moxley,
0: mm-hmm. and he's
1: doing a Dusty Rhodes impression, but he's doing Dusty Rhodes as Keanu Reeves in Point Break. He's like, I'm an FBI agent, baby. He's like, there are men, they are, this is not a game, voted. People are dying. People are dead. Yeah. Johnny <laughs> anyway, Utah. Johnny Utah, baby. I'm an FBI agent, baby. <laughs> Rick Flair, you should have broke my neck, daddy. <laughs> the whipping on we'll get is going to be shameful. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Blanchard. The wickman you're going to get is going to be shameful. And baby doll, shame on you, mama. Because I know know you better than anybody. I know you better than anybody. It's going to be shameful. (laughs) Amazing. That's a
0: whole. Yeah, it is. Like, man, I was talking. I know we have to wrap it up. But I was talking to somebody about. It was funny because it's. I don't know if I told you, I was actually dating this woman for like a month and I actually broke it off because her. I mentioned that I – about WWF and and you know the news about WWE and stuff like that. And I just said, yeah, uh, I don't really watch it so much now, but I still have an affinity for it and all this stuff. And her disgust was like – to the point I was like, all right, well, this is done. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and what I'm getting to – uh, is is that it is a, a a real wonderful performance in a way, and it's the uh, in the theatric in a the sense like it's not just about the physicality, yeah, it is physicality in the wrestling ring and stuff, yeah, but also the personas that these people come up with and like the gift of gab that they need to have yeah you know and it's just like really amazing because then what because it's it's funny it's funny how you you're just doing that but then i think about rick flair you know yeah and his persona because his is way over the top in the sense, right. and it's kind of the same thing as like i'm the cool guy like but like i don't know is it, we're because you know with rick flair it's like you i got the money i got yeah. alligator shoes i ride yeah. limousines
1: woo, like yeah <laughs> uh, I'm the guy that flies the plane, that kisses the girls, and makes them cry. <laughs> 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 this house, this shoes, these shoes cost more than your house. <laughs> he's just crazy. Yeah, he's just a maniac. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of like my favorite Ric Flair promos. I guess the Royal Rumble. It, I say this with a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment of my life. When I proclaim myself to be the real world champion, you come to this sport and you want to be the man. Well, you want to be the man? You got to pay homage to the man. So the Hogans and the Pipers and the Flares, y'all pay homage to the man. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ric is a maniac. Yeah. But wrestling. Speaking of wrestling, breaking news: The Rock makes a return to wrestling live as we speak. Right now on on SmackDown. Yeah, he showed up. Yep, there's been. What movies he promoting? No, nothing. That's exactly why. (laughs) Because the strike. John Cena came back because the strike. So John Cena's like, might as well just go make some money.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah.
1: And just like work there for they'll pay me. But they're also probably
0: promoting the merge, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, It's probably a stunt for that too. So sure.
1: So. Yeah, that's where that is. Yeah. That's something anyway. that I'll talk
0: to you about later cuz I don't yeah. I'm I'm confused about this. But yeah, we yeah. you got to go. I do have to go. Yeah. All right, guys. See you. All right,
1: guys. Bye. Bye-bye.